0: Hello, my name is Annalise, and welcome to the very first episode of my podcast, Everyday Wife. I'm so thankful for your listening to this, and I pray it will be an encouragement to you. I'm going to be sharing on a wide range of topics, everything from practical homemaking and productivity lessons to pregnancy, deeper theological topics, my view of feminism, working outside the home, maybe a book review here and there, just really anything that is relevant to my life as a young Christian wife and an expecting mother who is trying to take what I do every day and make it profitable for the kingdom of God. So without further ado, I wanted to jump into a big topic that a lot of us have wrestled with, whether we've personally experienced it or have friends who have, and just start off this podcast with my eating disorder story, how and why I developed it, how and why I recovered, um, and to share my relationship currently with food and my body, all from a Christian perspective There's a lot to this to unpack. It may be enough for two episodes, but what I'm gonna share today is gonna be a helpful starting place, I think, because a lot of lessons that I've learned in life have been as a result of my eating disorder. So how did it all start? I was very healthy growing up. I had a hearty appetite. I loved food. Um, There were no real issues there um, until about the sixth grade when I began to develop an awareness of my body and how it looked compared to other people. I remember being in sixth grade and somehow the topic of how much we weigh came up. And my friends had weighed themselves at home. I weighed myself at home. And we compared notes (laughs) at school. And I remember thinking, oh, I'm on the bigger end of the spectrum here And for some reason, that struck me as being a very bad thing. I began to, you know, look at different body parts and compare the size, the size of my legs, the size of my arms, the size of my fingers, whatever, and just taking mental note of that. Um, Also, you know, looking at magazines that were not healthy for me, especially as a sixth grader to be looking at, and you just, without even trying... Compare yourself. Um, so that began in about sixth grade, and that is when I started to implement sporadically some harmful habits and behaviors. I would do things like barely eat for two days and walk as much as I could all day and drop like three, four, or five pounds um, and then realize, oh no, I'm starving. And then I would just binge and binge um, and eat everything that I hadn't eaten the past few days, and then go back to a kind of normalcy. And about four or five, six months later, do the same thing. And I kind of did this on and off from about sixth grade to 10th grade. And it was in 10th grade that things started to get a little bit worse. I began to be extremely jealous of my sister um, comparing how she looked to how I looked. I had a bigger frame. I have a bigger frame than her and I was not okay with that. Um, I was comparing myself to my friends. I also had some family trauma that made things feel pretty out of control and I turned to food to gain some sort of semblance of control. So I realized subconsciously I think that if nothing else in my life could be controlled at least I could count calories and track my weight and it gave me a feeling of power. So 10th grade, I really started to pick up these habits um, and count calories extremely regular rigorously, whether it was gum or a drink, You know, it was extreme and it started off as what looked to other people as healthy habits, you know, Um, putting less, having less sugar in my diet and things like that. And I just remember creating rituals around food every morning, having my oatmeal weighed out in a certain way. And it was extremely um, enjoyable, actually, to have these rituals and to know exactly how much was going into my body, how many calories I was consuming. It gave me a lot of normalcy. And I would repeat these behaviors and, you know, move on to the next food. And it looked from the outside like I was healthy, I lost some weight and was getting compliments. And also at the same time, exercising more, I'd always been an athlete, and so that wasn't necessarily hard, but I was pushing myself without the proper nourishment that I needed to sustain it. And so my uh, controlling behaviors around food got worse and worse. I started really rigorously counting calories. I remember being in math class and just writing lists of what I'd consumed. I can still tell you to this day how many calories are in a lot of different foods because I was a student of uh, nutrition, so to speak, at the time, or at least of calories. And um, the summer after 10th grade, I went on a mission trip. And so I brought a lot of these bad behaviors with me on the mission trip. I'd already lost weight before then. I pretty much continued to lose weight on that mission trip. I was also very sick. And I came back from the mission trip with, sadly... A renewed interest in continuing to lose weight and that's when I really really spiraled and so that was probably August um, or July to August is um, things started to get bad and eventually December I hit rock bottom I had very little interest in friendships I was cold all the time I had lost a lot of weight and I had so little zeal for life. It was all consumed in what I was eating. I'd also just started working my first job, and I had so little energy. I was lethargic. My brain was just not being properly nourished. Um, I also didn't have a period, um, and that was extremely unhealthy. So December, I would say I hit rock bottom. I don't know if it was in December, but I went on a bike ride with my brother when it was raining, and we don't live in a very cold climate. Um, I live in the Southwest, and winters don't get very cold, but I remember going on this bike ride with my brother, coming back and having hardly any feeling in my legs, and I had to sit in a hot tub, and I was terrified because it took a while to regain feeling in my legs, and I knew this is an issue this is a problem but at the same time i was so terrified to eat what i knew i needed to eat um it was so so scary i remember my brother would make me tea and put some honey in it and i wouldn't drink it because that's extra sugar right and uh my my family was like what is this what is this doesn't make any sense and I couldn't explain it. I was just terrified of food. So eventually, I got a therapist. Um, I had to talk to my mom about this. She knew something was up. Actually, my doctor said I should probably see a therapist and a dietitian. So I started to see them, and they gave me challenges, um, talked about healthy coping mechanisms, a lot of useful stuff, but they can't make you change your behaviors. Um, they did give me my dietitian gave me calorie challenges to try to reach daily. And I remember I was given this challenge and my sister knew about it and I was not striving to reach this certain calorie, uh, recommended calorie intake. And my sister asked me at the end of the day, have you reached that? And I said, no. And she said, on Elise, you really need to. And I remember sitting at the kitchen table crying with a sandwich in front of me because I did not want to eat this sandwich and, and consume that many calories that I was supposed to. So this was around December, uh, you know, the holidays. So there's a lot of things that revolve around food, which has the effect of making you even more rigid, just really trying to have self-control, as I called it at the time. And that was when I hit rock bottom in January. My mom threw a late surprise party for me and she made me my favorite food at the time, which was chili and there was cake and ice cream. And I had so many friends surrounding me, all well, my closest friends. And I just gave myself permission to eat and I ate the chili. I ate tons of cake and ice cream And I remember thinking for the first time, this is okay. And I think I just felt safe. I don't know. I was surrounded by people that loved me, that I loved. And I had also switched schools very recently and was attending a a college that you basically finish high school early. I was less stressed about my studies because I went to a very rigorous high school previously. And I just remember... Eating. And uh, that was the first step for me because you have to face the fear um, head on before you can start to become comfortable with it. So I did that. And as January, February got along, um there was an opportunity that was presented to me to go on another mission trip. However, My parents knew that in the state that I was in, it would not be wise to send their daughter on a mission trip, and um, I could not essentially be trusted to go overseas and to take care of myself, to eat enough. Um, They were not comfortable with that idea, and it was presented to me as, hey, if you want to go on this trip, you need to recover. That was a huge wake-up call because I knew they were right, and I knew that it was affecting my opportunities just to do the things that I really loved. Um, I had a heart for the Lord, but I was living in disobedience to him because I was elevating food and what I looked like above serving him, serving his people. So I knew that it was an idol and that really motivated me. I remember it motivated me to eat a little more at lunch or dinner just to make small choices, not counting calories here and there, Um, or even if I counted them in my head to not count them on paper. So along with the motivation uh, of going on this mission trip, I also began reading Revelation, um, the last book of the Bible, with a friend of mine, and I was very struck by how insignificant my concerns were in light of eternity and in light of the second coming of Christ. And I realized that I was dwindling my hours away, counting calories, when Jesus was coming back. And it might sound kind of abstract, but this was actually very theologically compelling to me. I realized that it was kind of a privilege that I had taken upon myself to be so concerned with what I was eating that I was ignoring weightier matters and I was ignoring what God had really called me to and I was not living out my calling. I had a dream around this time that I was very, very sick and I knew that I was going to die and I was not sad about it because I was very excited to go see the Lord And as I was lying on my deathbed in this dream, waiting to just be with the Lord, I realized that I was beginning to recover. And I started to have a little more strength. I remember looking around and realizing I might not actually die. First, I was disappointed because I wanted to go be with the Lord. And then as I regained my strength and I began to walk around, I realized that God had kept me. And that he had a plan for me, and I felt excited to live that. And that was a pivotal moment for me, realizing that I was entering, I was exiting a very dark place, and I was entering into a place of being able to live whatever God had for me. Now, that was five, six years ago, around the time, actually, that I met my now husband, And I can say that recovering from an eating disorder is not linear whatsoever, doesn't happen overnight. And sometimes you shed off your worst habits, but there are still things that you just struggle to shake. And I can say to this day, I still have quirky habits around food. I am not 100% where I need to be. But going from having food be the sole focus of your life and what your body looks like and constantly checking yourself in the mirror to having a kind of freedom to just be um, and to trust God with how he's made you and to accept the way that he has made you is enormous. Years later, after the really... Um, intense initial recovery, I began to look at eating disorder recovery as um, kind of a topic of interest and to see what I went through from somebody else's perspective and to look at how other people had recovered from their eating disorders. And there is a lot of opinions about this subject. And it's not just recovering from eating disorders, but recovering from disordered habits or an unhealthy view or relationship with food And a lot of these, well, recovery really revolves around learning to just eat like a normal person again. And I remember something that was very difficult for me to do when I had my eating disorder was to go over someone's house and to eat and enjoy the experience without being concerned. And that was limiting my ability to fellowship to have relationships that were meaningful because I wasn't thinking about the relationship. I was thinking about the food that they were serving me. And now I can go over someone's house or I can have someone over. And aside from some allergy considerations, I can just enjoy the meal that they set before me. And I realized that eating disorders, they affect you spiritually in that way. Um, Because they elevate food or your body or your appearance above everything else. And your relationship with the people that God has placed in your life, it goes to the sidelines. It becomes less and less important to you. And so while I wouldn't say that I am 100% fully recovered from all bad habits, I have reached a kind of normalcy that's more like how I was before sixth grade, that's organic, where I trust God with the food that he has given me to eat. I trust others. I trust my body to maintain a normal weight. When I recovered from my eating disorder, I did gain back a lot of weight plus more. And that was very difficult. But it was necessary, and I'm not going to go into the science of it all, That it was necessary for me to gain that weight again And, um, I've eventually lost some of it, but to allow my body to realize that it's safe, that it's being fed and it doesn't need to, um, hold on to so much weight as a protective mechanism. Again, there's a lot of science to this that I'm not qualified to talk about. Um, there's others who share much more in depth, but these were my experiences and being, somewhat on the other side, it's a good thing to talk about that isn't as emotionally charged as it used to be. So with that, as the background of where I'm coming from, what is my view of body positivity or diet culture as a Christian? These are really hot topics. Um, There's a lot of extremes on the spectrum. And I think that it's important for Christians to engage with this topic because it is affecting a lot of people more than we'd perhaps like to admit. On one hand, you have the extremes of the body positivity movement that kind of denies basic truths about health and um, even ignores harmful eating behaviors that lead to um, an unhealthy size, right? and so there is the health at every size movement uh basically saying that someone can be healthy and be any size, right? I don't subscribe to that because I know that uh I know that certain behaviors that are not healthy lead to certain outcomes. however, saying that though there are healthy behaviors that lead to outcomes that might not be considered socially acceptable for a magazine, but is perfectly healthy for an individual. Um, Again, I'm not going to get into all the science of this, but we've sort of been given this BMI scale, right, to measure our health. And that is not a measure of health. I believe that our health is going to be manifested in behaviors that glorify God. If I am neither starving myself or indulging myself, my body is going to end up at a weight that is good for it as a general rule. Now, I may not like this weight. I may have a hard time accepting it, but that's okay because the reason I might have a hard time accepting it probably has to do with what is considered socially acceptable at the time And if I am healthy, that's really all that matters. I'm not saying it's wrong to work out, to try to, you know, become more fit in certain areas. But that can become a real obsession that still glorifies what you look like. And it can be masked in very, very pious terms. I'm taking care of the temple that God has given me. And yes, you might be taking care of the temple God has given you, but you also might be glorifying it and elevating it. And you're looking at others who aren't having the same behaviors as you and perhaps judging them. Or your relationship with God and with others is taking a backseat because you're so obsessed with getting your gym workout in. This has to be talked about. I think that there's a lot of bad behaviors that get slid under the rug as taking care of your temple. On the other hand, there's a lot of careless eating behaviors that can lead to um, an unhealthy weight. And that is not, that's not always a super intentional thing. It's important to be educated about what we're putting into our bodies. I like to know what additives are not necessarily very natural or healthy, right? And I like to avoid those things, but that too can go in a very dangerous direction of saying to yourself, as long as I avoid these certain things, I'll be healthy. I won't develop cancer. I won't develop this problem. And ultimately it's all in God's hands. Something that I made my goal when I was recovering from my eating disorder was to be able to go to people's houses without worrying In other words, not just about the calories, but about maybe some things they might have put into their food that I wouldn't necessarily put into mine if I was cooking to recognize that it's so much more important to fellowship and to trust God and to nurture these relationships than to be sitting there idolizing what I put into my body and having the pride of thinking that I can control all these things. And if I just control the right variables, I'll figure out the secret of health. And that kind of brings me to my last point on this, which is that it is very easy if we are not careful, no matter what end of the spectrum you fall on, to make your diet and how you eat a kind of religion. And maybe we wouldn't go so far as to say religion But something that you rely on to feel in control, something that gives you a sense of security, Um, something maybe that makes you feel like you're doing a little bit better than others who aren't. And I've had to navigate this myself because I do try to feed my husband and I a well-rounded diet that takes into account you know, where the food is sourced from, um, what kind of additives or chemicals might be in it, trying to avoid that. And those behaviors are good when they're done to glorify God. But as soon as it crosses into the realm of looking at what other people are doing, judging them, placing your trust in not having those ingredients or having certain ingredients, then that's when you know, it's become an idol. I can't tell you if you're in a position of today of having this, uh, of having an eating disorder or disordered habits or uh, an unhealthy relationship with food. I can't tell you right now how to fix that. But I can tell you that the more that you put your eyes on Christ, on his ultimate purpose for you, which is that you glorify him and enjoy him forever, the more you put your eyes on him, the less and less important things like food are going to become. They're going to be something that you use, but they're not going to use you anymore. And if you've ever gone through this journey of realizing that food isn't as big a deal as we make it, Then there is a sense of loss when you realize that it can't satisfy you like it used to. I used to find a great deal of satisfaction in controlling what I ate. And now I have to find that in Christ. And there's a sense of loss there. It's a good kind of loss, but it's just the loss that comes with letting go of one of your idols that used to Feel like it was doing a lot for you. Romans fourteen seventeen says, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Whoever thus serves Christ is acceptable to God and approved by men. So then let us pursue what makes for peace and for mutual up upbuilding. That's Romans fourteen, seventeen through nineteen. Our role as Christians is going to Our life as Christians is going to involve food, Um, but the place that it has in our life is often so disproportionate to the place that more important matters have. And like I said before, and I'll just end with this, the best thing you can do to take your thoughts away from obsessive, to, to stop thinking so obsessively and controlling about food is to look more and more at Christ. And perhaps that's the last thing you want to do because it feels abstract. How do I look at Christ? How do I behold him? Food is something that I can actually control. I can track it. I can make sense of it. But looking at Christ, how do I do that? And the answer is we do that through his word. That's how we Behold Christ. And we also do that through spending time with other believers who are being conformed to his image. And that can be a very hard thing to do when you are in the throes of an eating disorder, because like I said previously, sometimes our relationships take the backseat to our relationship with food. And that just perpetuates the cycle. We're isolating ourselves. We are not allowing our behaviors to be examined by anyone else. We're keeping them safe and tucked away. And when we are with other believers, it takes us out of ourselves. Eating disorders can be a real form of selfishness. And I say this kindly as someone who had one, that I know that I didn't think about others a great deal. I thought obsessively and constantly about myself. Situations involving food were not ever thought of in terms of how I can bless others. They were always thought of in terms of what does this mean for me? And so again, if you're looking to recover from an eating disorder or to address disordered habits, first of all, I think a therapist or a good Christian counselor is a really good resource. Um but for me, in addition to having a therapist, I just had to see more of Christ in his word and to fellowship with his people more who I couldn't constantly be wrapped up in myself when I was with them. I couldn't hide my behaviors and I also couldn't um make my behaviors this secret idol that I cherished. Um, because being with others has a way of taking us outside of ourselves. So that's my story. Um, Thank you so much if you made it to the end. Um, Perhaps I would do a part two. Let me know if this is something that is interesting, helpful, questions. I would love to hear it all, and I'm so thankful that you decided to listen to it. So we'll see you next time.